0: hello and welcome to another episode of conversations with a priest and a rabbi today father swan and rabbi adler are talking about hospitality so hello and welcome to another edition of conversations between a priest and a rabbi i'm the reverend craig swan and i am the priest in charge or rector of saint peter's by the sea in narragansett rhode island and i am joined again by and I am Rabbi Ethan Adler, um, spiritual leader of Congregation
1: Beth David in Narragansett and Congregation Sha'arat Sedek in Westerly.
0: Our topic this time is hospitality. And we're going to talk about it from both of our perspectives, but also have an opportunity to look at it from a scriptural perspective because as a history of judeo-christian people there is a long history dating all the way back to the earliest of biblical times about the expectation of what hospitality should look like by people of god Um, and i think back right to the um, time of abraham and the entertaining of angels unaware and medieval or not medieval but ancient understanding and requirement of hospitality to the sojourner so it's very much a part of our tradition and yet We talk about hospitality quite a bit, I know at least in the church, but yet I don't think we really fully understand what hospitality is supposed to look like from a Judeo-Christian perspective. And so that's gonna be our topic and conversation. And um, I'm gonna let Ethan begin the conversation again since he's got the foundational root pieces.
1: Thank you, Craig. So um, words, Tell us an awful lot about meaning. The Hebrew phrase that means or stands for hospitality, the Hebrew words is hachnasat orchim. What does that mean? Um, orchim are or guests, guests. And hachnasat means bringing in guests. That is our word for hospitality, which indicates to us that hospitality is not merely offering food shelter clothing for people who need it but that we ourselves need to go out of our way to find people who need help and to be hospitable to them we are we are commanded in a sense to bring in guests into our homes um, at appropriate times um when we greet guests i'll just shoot out another hebrew phrase which means May those who join us be blessed. So we not only invite people into our homes, into our places, and offer them hospitality, but we also offer them a blessing. In other words, we don't consider it as a chore or as something we have to do, but as an occasion, as a, as an occasion for blessing. Some of our sages even offer the notion that um, hospitality is a form of worship. And in a Book of Laws that we have called the Talmud, um, several rabbis are quoted as saying that, that as important as offering daily sacrifices are, when you offer hospitality, it's as if you offered a sacrifice. So that tells us the, um, the level of, um, of how important hospitality is. Now, you mentioned, Greg, you mentioned Abraham. Abraham um, is a consummate example of um, hospitality because of what, what he does. And if you look at the scripture very carefully, you notice that from the time that he sees these three strangers walking until they're on the way, he goes well out of his way to provide hospitality. And here is what I mean. So, we understand that Abraham's tent was open on all four sides. So the strangers could come from any direction and he would offer them food, shelter, clothing, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever they needed. Okay. Abraham was a wealthy man. Um, so we imagine middle of, of a desert middle of an oasis. He's got a huge tent, people living there, extended families, and he invites people in. So this particular, uh, day he, he, uh, He looks up and he sees three strangers. Now, the Bible tells us that he was sitting at the outside of his tent in the heat of the sun. So he wasn't underneath the comfort of his, the covering of his tent, was actually outside of his tent in the heat of the sun, looking out to see if there's any strangers he could invite in. Now, what makes this a little bit even more astounding is this, this is only three days after he circumcised himself And all the males in his household so something to be said for that so he runs out and um, you're gonna see a lot of action words he runs out and says please come in they accept he runs he runs over to sarah his wife and says you know we have guests let's get things ready he hurries to his helpers and says take the finest the finest uh, calf, whatever, slaughter it, and prepare for them. And he hurries to make them all kind of food. He doesn't want to waste their time. And he hurries, hurries, hurries to get everything done. And then the narrative concludes where he sits or he stands nearby, where they're sitting in a shade, eating and drinking, just in case they need anything. So for that, we look at Abraham and say, that is, that is, that is what hospitality is. And in the jewish culture we 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 uh sort of epitomize that in the passover seder where we have a passover seder um early on there is um a section of, of the booklet that we use where we, before we even start the seder at the very beginning we open the door and we say let all who are hungry come and eat anyone who doesn't have a place to go come in now we don't do that today too much because of where we live but you can imagine when people lived in you know in small villages everybody knew everybody uh we would do that um so the idea of inviting inviting people in um very very important um and i'll conclude by saying that all through the ages eastern europe and even here in america there's temples always had a room that was for wayfarers uh, people traveling through, people going here, people going there, they need a place to stay, they would, they would stay in this room and they'd be offered food and drink and whatever else they needed um, until they had to go on their way. So hospitality, um, very, very high on what we call the mitzvah scale, the commandment scale, um, to be able to, to um, take care of other people.
0: Before I move into my thoughts, thoughts, what I wanted to pick up on is something people may not understand beyond the discomfort of having been recently circumcised. It is the circumcision was a sign of the completion of the covenant between Abraham, his people, and Yahweh. So we have now moved into Abraham becoming a committed people of God and then living into that covenant and caring for the um, sojourner. One of the things that my study in that passage also talks about is the expectation of hospitality and taking care of the sojourner back in ancient times because we didn't have the Holiday Inn or the motor lodges every few miles away like we do today. Right. And being in a desert environment Uh, It could be days between oases or places of respite. And so, basically, if you didn't take in the Sojourner, it could be a matter of life and death for that individual who is traveling. And so you are really, literally, preserving their life because they were in need of that rest stop in an arid area. When we look at the Gospels, Jesus talks about hospitality, and as you often hear in Christian circles, we talk about radical hospitality, and one of his quotes from the gospel is this conversation about inviting people to dinner, and basically what he says is, it's easy to invite others to dinner who you know will repay you, but that's not really the level of hospitality, He goes, but to bring those who cannot repay you is really doing, basically, we're saying, the work that one should be doing. That's a very good point, yeah. And I think that's the radical difference for most of us today, because we think about hospitality in terms of taking in our friends. Uh, We always look forward here, for all of us in Narragansett, we all run what I basically call Airbnb for those of us who have friends from inland parts. Uh, Our homes are always uh, basically a revolving door of people coming to enjoy the beaches. And that is hospitality and we love going out of our way for our families and our friends, but that's not what we're talking about. We're really talking about caring for the stranger that we don't know. Um, And in churches we have pretty much universally what we call hospitality or fellowship hours after church and one of the things that i begin to i'm beginning to work with our own congregation on is that that fellowship hour isn't really meant for you to hook up with your friends and chat about the week but it's the opportunity to invite the sojourner or the visitor to the church in for um, refreshment but also an opportunity to develop relationship. We also look at hospitality in terms of caring for the poor. And I, and I was thinking about this as we began talking, in the gospels, there's a story of the Good Samaritan. And we think about that in terms of what does it mean to be neighbor to another, but it's also about hospitality because it's about a stranger who finds another dying on the side of the road after having been robbed, who then puts him on the back of his animal and brings him to an inn and pays for his care and makes sure that he is cared for until he is healed. And that is truly the fullest of a radical act of hospitality. And so just as we talk about Abraham bringing in strangers and God unbeknownst, in offering him food and ref- them food and refreshment, it really is, as you say, about taking care of the hungry. Taking care of those who are homeless and seeing that it's really about concern for somebody else that we don't know who can't repay us. And, you know, as
1: as as you very well put it, when we offer hospitality, um, I think in a sense, it awakens the empathic gene within us. Because we, we see how good it is to be hospitable, and then um, it, it extends beyond that. Interestingly enough, the Bible, which is a great teacher, immediately after this scene, uh, turns out that one of the strangers, the, the, the stranger were actually angels, I guess. And one of them foretold Abraham that God was preparing to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. They were evil, they were sinful, and so on and so forth. And Abraham, who just showed hospitality to them, could have said, oh, okay, evil people, goodbye, see you later, you know. But he started arguing with God, said, whoa, whoa, time time out. If there are 50 righteous people in that city, you still going to destroy him? God says, no, for 50, I won't. How about for 40? I won't. Well, they, they go down to 10, I guess, and even couldn't even find 10 righteous people there. But he he offered his hospitality beyond his tent into a city of sinners. So I think that's 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 a great value. Um, in the book of Leviticus, um, very famous famous phrase: "You shall treat the strangers who sojourns with you as the native among you." In other words, there shouldn't be a difference between you, a stranger, and somebody who lives next door. You shall love him as yourself, because you were once strangers in the land of Egypt. So we've kind of learned learned, learned that piece. And um, Isaiah, you know, a famous prophet also said, it is, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house? Even Pharaoh, the Pharaoh that Joseph knew when his family came in was very hospitable and offered them a nice nice area for their cattle called Goshen. know which was a nice heiress even he was hospitable so we have plenty of biblical um examples of 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 hospitality and so on um in in our in our culture in our tradition there are there are things that we believe that even we may get benefit some benefit from it in this world we're also going to get benefit in the next world we believe that when you die you enter another Existence, uh, you know, I have no idea what it is, but that's what our belief is. And what are what are the things that you can still re-benefit from, even in this next world? And uh, again, the, the the Talmud says honoring parents, doing deeds of loving kindness, studying, um, visiting the sick, helping the needy, bride, attending to the dead, and providing hospitality so it puts it way 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 up there and because it's 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 way up there the talmud also um alludes to um responsibilities of a host and the obligations of a guest so i'll get into that if you with your permission so what are the duties of a guest well you're supposed to greet your your people at the door and bring them in you're supposed to wash their feet which back then you you were coming off a desert or sand you would do that i've had many people come to my house in the last 50 years or so but i've never washed their feet i'm going to admit to that but that's what you're supposed to do offer food and drink remain cheerful through the, the visit ask them about their interests and activities um And uh, when they leave, escort him to the door. And um, they also say it's best if the host serves the people, you know, rather than, you know, than somebody else. And um, they say, don't, don't be too attentive. Don't be too attentive to the, to the guests, because then they're going to feel like, you know, helicopter hosts kind of thing, but just, just be there for them in case they need anything. And, um, also very interesting, they say when instead of if you have like three or four courses rather than one course at a time, you put everything on the table at once. Why? If you offer one at a time and let's say one of the uh, I don't know, one of the courses is liver and onions or something and they don't like it, they're going to feel like I'm, not, I'm obligated to eat this. But if you put out an array of foods all at once, they can pick and choose which they want may make them. Make them um, easier, and um, so in other words, you want to make the the guests very comfortable. Now, by the same token, the guest also has certain rules and roles according to the Talmud, which is not to stay too too long. If they, you know, if they're staying with you overnight, uh, they need a place to stay. No more than three days. They say after three days, you know, three days you should do that. <laughs> so, there's a statement that says this is kind of funny. On the first day, if you have a guest, you offer a calf. On the second day, you offer a sheep to eat, a sheep food. The third day you give fowl. And if they're still with you on the fourth day, you got just give them beans. So, so they get a sense of uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's time to go. Um, and very, very interestingly, um, they also say that um, that the, the guest should um, always leave a little bit of food on his plate. Always leave a little food. The question is why, What what's what's, what's the point of that? And um, it seems that the notion was if you clean your plates, it may send the message that you didn't provide enough food. If you leave leave a little on your plate, it's sort of the message you're giving to the host is this was delicious and I'm I can't eat anymore. I'm, I'm so full. So um, those are the rule the roles of guest and host, at least according to uh, Jewish tradition.
0: I was thinking when you, <laughs> when you said that you stay more than three days and Emerson a statement that guest and fish after three days both stink. So uh, it's a wonderful thought. Uh, I think the, as we look at hospitality as well, um, I go back to Deuteronomy and the idea of leaving 10% of one's fields for the sojourner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that is from the Christian perspective the root of the concept of tithing, which is a giving of 10% of your um resources or your income to the church and or to the care of others. Um and I keep seeing that everything keeps leading us back to this greater sense of um taking care of people that we're really called not to, not to live inwardly, but to live with a generosity of caring for others. And that's what hospitality really is about, is going above and beyond yourself to see to it that another, another person is comfortable, cared for, and looked after. And again, we look back all the way to the Abrahamic story and of the three guests coming in is that he made sure that they were looked after in his, uh, while they were in his presence, so that even though they turned out to be angels, so that as they they would have what they needed to move to the next stop in their journey. Um, And I look at that piece of symbolism or move it to the next level in symbolism and say, is it, it's the role of the host for each of us to make sure all are provided for so that everyone can move to whatever the next level is in their journey with god and as i bring that into the church and into our lives today um, i i think we live such insular lives that we we have a hard time looking outside our doorway into greater pictures As we talk about hospitality, I also realize uh, or believe that we see a um, conflict with what the gospel or God calls us to do in terms of hospitality as we look around what's going on in our world and at our borders today. Because now we have to ask the question um, what does it mean to be hospitable to those who are seeking refuge from violence or from famine? um throughout the world yeah and what does that look like and that becomes i think the greater challenge on a larger level um is and i hate to politicize something because i've taking care of people has become so political but what does an act of love look like on a grander scale um if we're about hospitality
1: yeah that's true true you mentioned before the idea of um leaving the corners of your fields for the. The poor, the sojourners, whatever. Right. Um, Also, um, in the Book of Deuteronomy, we talks about gleaners so that as you are harvesting your grapes, your olives, whatever your wheat, whatever happens to fall in the ground, you're not allowed to pick up. So the gleaners who walk behind the harvesters can can pick it up. And the Talmud is very, very careful in cautioning, cautioning harvesters not to drop on purpose. In other words, if you see a whole bunch of gleaners in back of you and you haven't dropped too much and you say, you know what, I feel badly for them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, you know, oops, I dropped one. Here is, you know, because it says the gleaners know that. And they don't want charity. You know, they don't wanna you don't want to make them feel bad. You want to you want to help them, but you want to you want to help to retain their dignity. So, you, so if it if it happens to fall, it falls. But you weren't you weren't allowed, weren't allowed to do that. You know, um, talking about hospitality, I'm going to share an incredible story, very short. About four or five years ago, my wife and I went to Italy on a trip. Went to Rome, went to, to Venice, um, other other cities it was wonderful. Um, and we went to Florence at one time, and Florence has has um, like a, a huge main main synagogue that we went to, and um, after services uh, there was a rabbi there, and he said, "Why don't you come to our home for dinner?" He didn't know us from a hole in the wall, you know, and we, and we said, "Wow, well, this is terrific!" You know, um, well, his home with this huge huge apartment. We walked in there must have been 40 people there students visitors whatever and he provided a meal that was literally from soup to nuts everything you can imagine and seemed like we were eating for like two hours I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible delicious food and so on and all for free of course if you wanted to followed up with a check, which we did of course, but it was all for free. And turns out that obviously the food has to be kosher, has to be kosher meat. And in order for him to get kosher meat, every Thursday he would travel three hours from Florence to Milan to get the kosher food, travel back to Florence where his wife and a few volunteers would, hours and hours and hours of preparation to make sure that they have everything for a meal. And he said every week they get 40, 50 people there. All because of this dictate, the dictum, the law, the, the, the custom of hospitality. So that was, that was incredible. Um, in, interesting little tidbit. Um, every Friday night we make a special blessing over wine. We do it at home, at the meal. But it's also become customary to say the blessing in temple, even though we're going to say it at home again. And that arose because in Europe, as I said before, every temple would have a a room that they would reserve for sojourners, wayfarers, people who were coming through. And if they happened to be there on the Sabbath and they had no place to go, we wanted them to, to join us in a prayer, this important prayer. And that's why we said it. We say it in temple even though we even though we say it at, um, at home. Um, <clears throat> there, there have been all, all kinds of programs in in Europe, in Germany, Poland and other places where um, for example, um, they would they would give out tickets to to uh, wayfarers, strangers, any other place to stay, they would give them tickets with names of people who would offer their homes. So you came into a strange city. You didn't know anybody. They would say, do you need a place? Yes. Well, here's a card. You go see this person and they would go and, you know, they would be accommodated for. So this this idea of 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 really um, helping people was great. Um, in in many religious towns where there are um, rabbinical students, young rabbinical students who they're studying, um, they had this They had this custom of of it's called the day day of the week. Where on Monday you went to this person's house and on Tuesday you went to this person's house, Wednesday went there and so on and so forth. Again, just doing our best to to accommodate um, accommodate others. So this this notion, this notion of hospitality, again, as we said at the beginning, is making sure that we go out of our way to help those Um, who may need, who may need hospitality and we need, you know, the word hospitality, I think my memory serves me correctly. Based on the Latin word hospitum, which means comfort to provide. So like, just like hospice, same root hospital and so on. So it is an, an obligation to provide comfort to those who need it. With, with the eye that someday, if we are in that position, we will be provided with that with that comfort, like what happened to us in Italy. So, I, so I think it's a it's a very I can understand why why the rabbis deemed it to be um, such such an important uh, concept.
0: So, as we we up our conversation today, uh, I. I wanna challenge those who are listening because as we've talked about hospitality, and I I really like how we brought it down to the Latin root, which means to provide comfort for others, that God has called us in our own daily lives to look and seek ways that we can provide comfort for others. This summer, as many of us here in Narragansett are entertaining our families and friends and hoping to make them feel at home and comfortable uh, while they're with us also ask ourselves these questions, how can we make others comfortable in other areas of our lives, whether it be in our synagogues or in our churches? And I I leave with this one wonderful example, and it comes from um, the last time, I think, our congregation was able to be with your congregation at Temple Beth David. And um, that was as has become our tradition we came over on that friday evening we shared um, a meal together but i brought my brother-in-law joel with me who was from wisconsin and is a pastor in uh, maine right now he had never been part of a jewish congregation or a jewish sabbath and how one of your parishioners just took him right under her wing and just guided him right through the service introduced him to all the wonderful food and uh, I think she was, I think it was one who made the kugel. Cool, so she <laughs> proudly told how she made it. So that was the good news. But the fact that she had taken the stranger with great pride and joy. Yeah. yeah. So that understood what was going on and looked after him through it. And I look at that as such a wonderful example of how simple hospitality can be, because in her act of taking him under her wing, he made what would, have been otherwise a fairly awkward, uncomfortable situation, comfortable, and in the end, made them feel right at home. Great. Isn't that what our work as a people of God is in terms of hospitality? Wherever we are and whatever we're doing, how do we make others feel as at home as we are in whatever situation that is? Absolutely. If we can do that, um, we do the work and the mission of God. So with that note, um, let us just end with a quick prayer. Almighty, gracious God, we um, come before you as we enter into this season of great hospitality and caring for others. Open our hearts, not just to our families and to our friends, but to those who sojourn and are the strangers in our midst. Allow us to offer them comfort and care in such a way that within their time within our presence, they move from that of being stranger to that of being friend. We lift all this up in your name. Amen. 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 Until next time. Until next time. You have been listening to Conversations with a Priest and a Rabbi. We hope you enjoy what you're listening to and please share with those who you think might enjoy it as well. Thank you again.